Welcome to the Creative Hustlers Podcast, where we talk about the value of art and business and what you need to be a creative entrepreneur. We're joined by marketing mavens and creative freelancers to talk about it all. As always, I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, the always stylish God Amongst Men, Alex Powell. Thank you, Creator Jules. A splendidly accurate introduction as always. Today we're getting social with Kevin Fives and Lunar Chris on the reality of freelance creative work. They talk about their journey, the sacrifices they've made, and what you need to be investigating to make it as a creative hustler. Hi, I'm Chris. My Instagram is Lunar Chris. I'm a photographer, model, graphic designer, etc. And I'm also the creative portfolio director at How to Be Social. My Woo! name is Thank Kevin, you. and my Instagram is at Kevin Fides. I'm a fashion lifestyle photographer based out of the DFW. All right. That's awesome. That's awesome. So before we go over uh, some of the other topics that are going on today, why don't you both tell us a little bit about... Um, what you do in the creative community and how you got there. Um, So yeah, like I said, I'm a model photographer, graphic designer. I started getting into the community when I was a freshman in college um, in the Dallas area, you know, and yeah, I've fell in love with it while I was just collaborating, you know, just meeting people, doing free, free shoots and stuff like that. And I, have just grown through meeting new people and trying new things and just, you know, learning as much as I can. And yeah, I love it. So awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. How about you, Kevin? Uh, well, for me, uh, funny enough, I kind of started in freshman year of uh, college as well. And I got started when I decided to change the route of my photography. Um, I felt like landscape wasn't really doing it for me um, and I needed like a lively subject and I was like let me do portraiture and upon finding portraiture I found a slew of other Dallas photographers doing portraiture and uh, that led me to find a friend of mine named Janice who invited me to an instant meet and I you know I got to meet all these all these cool people taking photos and connected with them and since that, since then on, I was, I was, you know, hooked. You were hooked on it. Couldn't get away from it, huh? Away from it. <laughs> I love that. Right. I love that. So you both have a lot of experience in the creative community, and that is awesome. Thus, the qualifications for our guest today on our How to Be Social podcast, creative hustlers. So <laughs> let's go ahead and dive into it. Today we're talking about our main topic is how uh, build building your creative business behind the scenes, all of the work that goes on behind the scenes that a lot of people don't see. Um, I find that for the most part, a lot of creatives really get discredited in their work uh, or they don't get valued for the amount of effort that they put in. A lot of people see a picture and think, you know, well, I take pictures of my friends all the time. You know, I have an Instagram. Really, is it that, is it that special? Is it that important? Um, and how hard could it really be? And that's what we really want to talk about today is how much effort really does go in behind the scenes. So to get started, uh, we know that both of you have a little bit of overlap in where your creative uh, endeavors meet, but we also have a little bit of differences too. So let's talk about what does it take to prepare for a project? So, uh, as for me, uh, my, my way of thinking and like coming up with ideas and concepts is, is very sporadic. And I... I come up with ideas from like maybe dreams or songs or just like on the fly, I'll be at work 
you know, my mind is wandering and I'm like, what if I did this? And so from that idea, I, I write it down or I just like take a mental note and I, I start thinking of a person who would be perfect for this, for the, the specific shoot that I'm going for. And then I reach out to them and I create a mood board and I'm like, hey, I think you'd be great for this. What if, uh, here's the mood board, um, what's your availability? And then from then I find the location and start planning uh, more like shot list, a shot list, a mental shot list. I don't really write it down. Uh, mental shot list, just like the mood for it. I, I tend to use music as like a guide to the, to the shoot. And so I listen to different songs um, that will probably help me with the shoot. And during that shoot, I, I use that as inspiration. And during the shoot, I, um, uh, I don't really find myself following the shot list. <laughs> and I just, just, That's why it's a mental one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's why it's a mental one. And so I, I find myself just um, going with the flow of the shoot. And most times when I take photos of, you know, like the muse or the model, I, um, it's mostly photos of them in their natural state and not really, um, or like my, my favorite photos are of the models in their natural state and not really the poses that I came up with, you know, like, and then after the shoot, of course, there's like the process, post-processing. So that, that's usually my, well, yeah. I think it's really cool to you draw inspiration, not only from people, but from music. And you kind of like use the model as a muse as well. So I think that's really interesting. Do you have a certain genre of music you like to listen to when you do it? Ooh, uh, I love, I just love music in general. So um, it just depends on what I'm listening to at the time. Right now, um, I've been going back to like, soul music you know like the, the bill withers oh marvin gay and and i've been getting a lot of ideas uh, from those songs and which i can't wait to you know yeah work on, work on. <laughs> yeah. this is over you know but yeah it just it usually just depends on my mood and the type of genre genre i'm listening to you know, I've always found it very interesting. Most of the time, whenever I've been a part of photo shoots or I've witnessed that music really can play a big role really in making sure everybody understands the, the mood of the, uh, the direction that uh, the photographs are going in. And it helps dictate uh, body language a little bit for, mm -hmm. for a lot of models. You kind of draw from that rhythm and yeah. uh, it just creates like a more... Uh, honestly a much more comfortable set because i mean you would rather have music than silence while you're trying to you know <laughs> portray something really creative and emotional just the low like, click yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing more awkward than a silent photo shoot <laughs> yeah i've actually as a model in the community i've actually had that happen to me a couple times i'm like um, yeah put on some music every time, <laughs> every time. it's just like it's almost definite <laughs> Yeah, I will say though, uh, there are a lot of instances where I, I didn't have like music on me, but I do try to, you know, like communicate yeah. just, like, small banter with, with the model and just yeah. to keep, keep everything light and keep them comfortable. Right, so, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, do you think that there is a difference between when you have music to when you don't have music? Oh yeah, there's a, a very big difference. The, the model is is more, you know, like loose and relaxed. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess they're more focused on the music and less... Um, becomes more natural because that's your style. Because they're, they're not really focused on the camera and me. Yeah. It's more about like the music and the feel of the... The moment. The, yeah, the moment, exactly. I love that. I love that. How okay. about you, Chris? Yeah, I'm a little more go with the flow, kind of like what Kevin said. I don't, however, usually do like mood boards and stuff like that, unless a client requests it. I definitely can. Um, but usually um, I get inspired by makeup that I see or like paintings and art and stuff like that. Um, like color schemes inspire me or like clothes, certain designers that I see. Um, and usually it's like people that I want to work with or like feelings that I want to replicate that make me motivated enough to like <laughs> produce a whole shoot, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of have like a similar process as far as it goes, like reaching out to people to work with, um, and music is definitely very important during every shoot. Um, you know, for both the model and the photographer as like someone who is on both sides of the camera a lot, it's, it helps everyone because it just gives it a better mood and it helps the model move better, like Kevin said. And um, yeah, highly recommend always, always doing, I always ask when I'm the photographer, I ask the model um, or the client what kind of music they like, because then they're definitely more likely to be more comfortable and be in a better mood and you know have better facial expressions and stuff like that mm -hmm. gotcha well chris we know that you also participate and uh host the famous girl gang meetups in dallas uh and you've started working on lunadon creative agency forgive me if you don't want those actually plugged we can cut that but i wanted to ask those are also creative endeavors and and big projects outside of just an individual photo shoot with an individual so what does the inspiration behind that, what did it take to actually pull some of that stuff off? Um, well, those things just came from not only like my desire to grow and help other people grow, but um, just like my personal missions and like purposes, like, you know, Girl Gang Meetup is very much um, female, female artist focused and just like creating a safe space and, you know, sharing model safety and like the whole industry safety awareness stuff like that because it's they be it creepy. Be dangerous they be yeah. real creepy i'm saying yeah <laughs> and so i've been doing that for like two years almost two years so and it's i mean i miss it i love it i can't wait to do it again after the pandemic but um yeah i'm just you know motivated by how I know it feels to like, um, you know, not necessarily have hope and know how much creativity and the opportunity to create gives people hope. That's amazing. I absolutely love that. And I think that what you do for the community at large is really, really impactful. And I think that you've seen how it's impacted a lot of women's lives. 
Um, but I'm actually, I'm really curious for the people that are on here and that look up to you as like a businesswoman as well, you know, like, what do you think it takes to host a good event where like the community as well, like knows about it and they also like have a good time while they're at the event? Like, what does that process look like? Um, well, when it comes to hosting events, it's funny you're asking about that because you kind of taught me about that oh. <laughs> um, back in the day. But yeah, I mean, when it comes to events, I am definitely a better planner. Um, I plan out every single detail. You know, venue is the most important thing to confirm first. Once you have venue and you can confirm time and date with them, um, and details and down payment if needed. Um, Try to avoid that. It's most likely you can't find a place for free. I've done it on multiple occasions. That's always my advice to first-time event goers. Uh, recently, this past year, Girl Game Meetup has been, you know, part of mission is supporting local businesses. So hmm, we, that's good. Yeah, so, like, a big reason why we kind of started charging a small fee is so we can pay, like, the small women-owned you know, studios and stuff like that. That's amazing. I love creative, that. Creative, like, like, you know, Simba Studio and, like, the space space on Southside and stuff like that. I love those. But, but yeah, so, yeah. That's amazing. Well, thank <laughs> you for sharing a little bit of your process with us. So, Alex, what do we got on deck for the next question? Is it fair to say that you've both uh, more than dabbled in the freelance community? I mean, more than dabbled, yeah. Uh, freelance work <laughs> involves a lot of investigation to be able to find the community where you can get work done and to find the people where you can get consistent work. So what did you do and how did you find work before the pandemic and how are you doing it now? So shout out to Instagram. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> got like 95% of my work in the past four years from Instagram and also some from Facebook and some from my website or websites um, and, you know, client inquiries from that. But a lot, like a lot of people's processes now that a lot of people use is posting like your best work on Instagram and making it like your portfolio and clients will find you through Instagram through hashtags or through references and, um, you know, see your work. And if they like your work, if it matches with what they want, they will book you and they can book you for anything. We'll take just about anything, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah so that's that's about it straight up that's awesome and you've still been able to do that during the pandemic no uh, <laughs> so <laughs> no i get like you've gotten a couple i get average one booking every two weeks now mm. before i was booked four to six days a week like between modeling and photography and acting you know i was traveling for work for like at least a week every month, you know, like, and yeah, so now I, I just take what I can get. I get some senior pictures, mm -hmm. you know, some absolutely random stuff. Do you, are you still marketing in the same ways? Have you tried to do anything different? Yeah. Um, for like my little Luna Dawn agency team thing that I have with, um, uh, my, my friend Shy. um, I, you know, I tried to be like, you ship me your products, I'll photograph them, you know, and I put out little graphics about that. You know, I've contacted previous clients, stuff like that. I've tried different things, but at this point, honestly, 
for during this time, I'm looking for different work. And I'm really glad that I got with How to Be Social like two weeks before the whole freaking world came crashing down. Because at least, you know, at least I have that. But I am looking for like online copy editing work because I have a lot of experience with that. Um, Graphic design work. um, Like remote acting and voiceover work mm. like things for apps uh stuff like that I'm looking more into um and of course you know looking for jobs through how to be social and lo- looking for jobs for other people through how to be social so yeah that's just that's what I'm focusing on right now maybe I'll do that gotcha. if I have to <laughs> gotcha and how about you Kevin how did you uh how did you typically go about finding work and have you been able to keep doing that through this pandemic so the way you know my methods are not really like the best um, <laughs> the way in which I got you know clients um was mostly through Instagram at first and um I went through this whole thing where I was like, I'm going to make a website, but I never did because I was like, it's not good enough. I need to, you know, really curate something that's, that's going to be great. Right. That I think is going to be great. Uh, perfectionist syndrome. Yeah, a little bit, but, uh, you know, um, one day I was just like, you know what, I'm going to create this website and going to serve me well. And then I can just improve on it like, as I go. And so the moment I created the website, actually, uh, a lot more people started hitting me up. And um, so website, the website for me was definitely a key component in getting uh, more clients and stuff because I had something to show for it. And um, so towards, you know, like, you know, the winter months, no one's really like free. It's terrible time for freelance photographers, I would say because I, I wasn't getting any clients. So, uh, you know, I tried doing promos and stuff and that worked a little bit, but I had to get another job. So I was technically like part-time freelancing, which uh, right now I'm working full-time at Bucky's. Yeah, they pay really well. So, you know, I'm thankful for that. And, um, Right now I'm working on other things like online tutorials for Lightroom and stuff because, you know, a lot of people ask me how to, how I color grade in Lightroom or my creative process and stuff. So I'm working on flyers for that. I should post them eventually. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I think it's good because, you know, it, this shows the reality of the situation. Chris is, Chris is looking for new work. Kevin is finding new ways to put out his work and like do Lightroom presets. And I think it's important that other creatives that are listening to this realize like they're not alone. Like we're all, you know, major struggling out here trying to figure out like what the next best thing is. Yeah. <laughs> You're struggling is a word. Why are y'all laughing? <laughs> yeah. For the podcast listeners that can't hear, I'm making a very disgusted face. At this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It looks like grumpy cat face, except with the human version. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it has definitely been a struggle, but, um, let's go ahead and keep it moving. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
Let's go ahead and keep it moving. So something that comes up a lot in the creative community that I've heard is people feeling like they need to uh, kind of hone their work for a specific genre of creative work, whether it's, uh, you know, you can't just be a photographer, you have to be a beauty photographer, a portrait photographer, or something like that. Like everyone has to find their direction, their tone, their niche. Um, so I'm wondering if, uh, how long it took you all to find your niche in creative work and how, how did you find out that that was your niche if you even have yet? So, so with me personally, um, I, can you speak up just a little bit? Yes. So with me, I found out what my niche was just through doing a lot of different shoots and finding out what I liked the best, which ended up being fashion and beauty photography. Um, and like, I like doing that kind of work for, you know, magazines and stuff like that. Um, but then I found that just through collaborating and I turned it into more career work through, um, you know, making it more commercial or um, e-commerce or like product photography, um, just figuring out what were the more marketable and profitable services um, that I still enjoyed photographing, basically. Gotcha. So did you feel like you had to make any sacrifice between what you preferred and what was the most marketable? Um, yes, because for a while I did try to just exclusively market myself for fashion and beauty photography and like for uh, photography to be published in magazines and stuff like that because, you know, a lot of people were interested in it. And, you know, people wanted to know how to do it. Basically, people wanted the credits. And um, I did not get as many bookings for that because it's not as mainstream. It's very niche, a little too niche. So I realized I just needed to expand. And I most of what's on my page is fashion and beauty work. Everyone can see that, you know, when they go to it. At, people who ask me for family photos are like, oh, you do like a lot of fashion and beauty work. I'm like, yeah, but that means I can do anything, you know, like this was a lot harder than your 20 minute family session will be. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, I'm just showing my best and my most preferred work, but I still compromise and do like sacrifice, like, I, I mean, I don't like think it's a big sacrifice. It's just compromise. Yeah. yeah. It's not, not every shoot is exactly what I want to do. Like I don't prefer family or senior shoots or regular portrait sessions or graduation sessions, but I do a lot of them and yeah. I do them to the best of my ability. You know, you know, it's just really interesting because a lot of people would say, yeah, in order to like get booked for more work, I've had to like find my niche, like find your niche. And like, that's such a big deal in today's society and today's like art culture. So it's really interesting that you're like, no, I had to like open up like what I was doing in order to like find work. So I've always thought for myself that it's more important to be versatile and to be able to do more things and as many things as possible so that, and this is just my thing that I've, I don't know, I just came up with, but I always try to provide myself as the full package mm. so that I can be as booked for as many things as possible at once, especially. So I'm like, I can do photo. Yes, you want a photo shoot. Do you also want a video? Do you need any graphics? You know, like, 
And I'm like, I could do all these things. I could also be the model if you really wanted me to. <laughs> Self-timers. And the makeup artist. Like, seriously. Yeah. So for me, where I've been able to make, you know, maximize profits is offering as many services as possible for like a gotcha. good compromise price. A good compromise right. package. Package. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we call it. Yep. And then meanwhile, on the other end, we have Kevin, who it sounds like your niche is probably fashion photography, if that's yeah, what your yeah. most preferred work is. So one, would you describe that as your niche? And two, in doing so, do you think that has more helped you or hindered you in being able to get work and make creative work a sustainable living for yourself? So, um, well, I'll I'll start from like the very start. Um, (laughs) So the way I kind of figured out my niche is, was through, I did this, this whole thing where I was like, for two years straight, I'm going to post every single day. So this meant that I had probably like three shoots three to four shoots every week. Wow. Yeah, and so in doing so, it helped me, um, you know, kind of figure out my like my path, like what I liked, what I didn't like. Yeah, and so, you know, it got to a point where I was like, oh, I'm just shooting to shoot. I'm not really shooting with intent. And so I was like, you know what, let me, let me just Google some ideas. And then I came across this video of Jessica Kobesi, who's like a fashion, lifestyle photographer as well and you know she was like getting clothes and stylists and like she's styling these models and she's you know she's really putting a lot of thought and process and idea into it and I was like you know what, let me do it and then you know doing it I did it for the first time and I was like oh this is actually really cool like planning and like and so fast forward that's how I, I got my niche and that this this helped me because it uh, kind of kind of kept my work a little more consistent, but I will say though it didn't really help me with with clients because clients I feel like these days want someone who specializes in a multitude of things, mm-hmm. and so um, in a way uh, I found niche clients which was good, but. I didn't find as many as I wanted to. So I still had to have, you know, like a few jobs on the side just to, you know, like balance out my. Gotcha. So so that was your own compromise as opposed to Chris who compromised what she would prefer to be doing for the sake of having more clients. You sacrificed more clients for the sake of wanting to do what you wanted to do. Exactly. But uh, I will say though, I still do, um, you know, like senior portraits and, uh, you know, whether it's headshots or business shots or, um, you know, like actors who want simple headshots or whatever. I still do those those uh, those other shoots just to, you know, help me stay afloat and stuff. Do you have one shoot in particular where you were like, this is amazing that they came to me for my style and they were like a company you actually wanted to work with? Yeah. Actually, uh, so I have this client uh, who's actually a friend now. His name is Michael. And he owns this page called Fort Worth Historical. And so he has been following my work for, you know, like a while now, like since I started Portraiture. And 
one day he randomly hit me up and I, he was like, hey, I would love to have you for a shoot. And he gave me all these ideas and, and it was a really, it was really broad project. And so my budget for that was was much higher and he, he was willing to pay for that. And oh. so I was like, you know what? This this is like, this is what I need. He <laughs> said, if I could have every client be just like just this like, one, that would be like, great. Yeah, and and so, you know, he he even though he had his own clothes, obviously for his his merch and stuff, he gave me full creative control, and uh, the the shoot ended up becoming like one of my favorite client shoots ever, and uh, we worked together in in other projects as well, and um, yeah, that's definitely a memorable experience that's amazing I love yeah. to hear when you know our creatives get to work with clients that actually make them you know spark with joy I mean that's the whole reason I started how to be social was that I wanted to connect creatives to companies that actually help their portfolio and are giving them work that they want to do it's a slow journey we're getting there every single day but you know we've been able to give work to some of the creatives in our portfolio already and that's like the small victories for me so <laughs> Slowly but surely, we're all moving up. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Jules, why don't you take us on to the next question? I can do that. I can do that. So my next question is, how much money have you invested in your craft? And do you think you have put more money in to get more money out? Kevin, do you want to start? Sure. I haven't really invested that much money in my craft. Um, it's good to know because your stuff's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, uh, you know, apart from like my one camera and my two lenses and my website right now, um, that's really all I've invested in. Um, I've, I think for me, uh, the most important thing was to invest time uh, Mm -hmm. in order to like, you know, get better and, um, you know, perfect my craft. I'm still trying to, you know, and and I, I noticed because of doing that, um, um, I, my my style kind of changes with every shoot that I do, and now I'm gearing towards like lifestyle and something that's, you know, I'm trying to do more like museum kind of work, you know, stuff that could go into museums, and I never really cared for that. That's so. Yeah, so I think time is a is a is something that you need to put into your craft for you to get better and essentially get more clients because they want to see. Out of time, obviously, if it took you two years of nonstop shooting for you to feel like you're comfortable and you'd grown enough to make yourself as marketable as you are, that's uh that's no small task. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I was about to say, Alex, you just started picking up a camera yourself, so it's kind of like you know, from your perspective, a couple of years down their path, does it give you hope or are you kind of just like, uh, no, it definitely gives me hope. And, you know, as I haven't had nearly as much experience as they have, but even so far with what I have done, I've come to realize that, I mean, my camera is eight years old and it's like a hand-me-down of a hand-me-down. And, you know, I don't own any of my lights, which is why I only shoot outdoors. So I, (laughs) but I haven't invested a lot of money because I really just wanted to pick it up as a hobby and as a creative outlet. But even so, 
the only thing that's made me better is the amount of time that I poured into it. Where when I started to tell myself before this pandemic hit, uh, a month or two before that, I started to just like take my camera with me every day to work, and I had it with me all the time, so that if I ever found anything that caught my eye. I immediately had that there to pick up so that I, in doing so, trained my eye, I think, to make myself a better photographer, but it also forced me to take more pictures. And in doing so, I became more critical about which pictures were actually decent enough for, for me to even want to show anybody, let alone post, you know? So Chris, how much money have you invested into your craft? Do you think the more money you put out, the more money you get in? Well, I totally agree with Kevin, and I think it's funny he said that because I was literally thinking that when you asked that question, it was like, time is really more important than money, in my opinion, but I have invested in my camera and my lenses um, in a couple, and, you know, lenses that break and that I have to buy them again. <laughs> um, I've invested in lights multiple times, you know, like strobes and constant lights, I've invested in, you know, studio memberships. I invest in Adobe Creative Cloud every month. <laughs> it's like $60 a month, you know, stuff like that. And I've been paying for that for years. So I consider that an investment because oh, I yeah. really cannot do my work without it. And I'm sure you have the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't get the student discount anymore, though. <laughs> hey, but check it out. They're doing that whole two-month free thing right now. So yeah. everybody needs to hop on that. Yeah. You heard it here first. Oh, yeah. folks. Actually, you probably didn't hear it here first, but you heard it again here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go cancel your Adobe subscription, and then they'll be like, wait, but you can get two months for free. And then it'll be like, okay, bet. <laughs> <That's> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But just uh, just as a, as a final thought, I think um, something that I've also, specifically for photographers, and I just have to assume that this also goes with videographers, uh, that the equipment is not nearly as important as the photographer behind it. And there's no such thing as throwing tons of money and no effort into your photography and expecting results. Um, cause I can take, I can take fantastic pictures on my eight year old little Canon with a little tiny scratches on the lens because I lost the lens cap. Um, <laughs> I can, I can do all that. And if I, if I couldn't take a great picture on that, then I wouldn't be able to do it on a more expensive or a higher end, uh, camera. It wouldn't mean anything. Um, and you would certainly not be able to see the art in it. I totally agree, and I was like trained on broken cameras, like the little, you know, viewfinder was broken or something like that, so I thought the same thing before I got, I bought my first camera, <laughs> my $600 body, and I was like, dang, I'm gonna be so good when I have a fully functioning camera, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, and I will say, I mean, you feel better when the quality and the picture is that much cleaner and crisper. I don't think any photographer, videographer, artist would say like, oh, yeah, I love when my piece of art turns out blurry. You know, nobody Unless likes Unless they want that. it like that. Unless they want <laughs> it like that. That's true. We got some abstract artists out there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for the most part, I think that when we want to look at, like, our photos, we want them to be clean and crisp and nice. And I think that's where that whole, like, myth of, like, you have to have, like, the nicest, newest camera. No, like... Mm -hmm throw some grain on that hoe, it'll be perfect, you know, <laughs> like, that's what makes, that's what I used to do, when I first had, like, a camera, I was like, 
I can't like I don't care if I'm in broad daylight. There is so grain in this, and I don't understand why. <laughs> so I would just like add a little bit of grain myself. I mean, people are doing those FaceTime photo shoots right now, so it's like there's literally no reason that you cannot create. And there's no reason that you can't, you know, do it on a low budget. Yeah, just have to be adaptable. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, okay, so I guess that brings us to the next question, which is how do you grow? And I'm curious is how you have grown. I'm curious, have you grown in your careers and how you've grown personally and how that's affected your art? So tell us about your careers and how you've grown in your careers as freelancers and creatives. How I've grown in my career. Okay, so the way in which I've grown my career is I definitely have a more like firm foot when it comes to like prices. Um, I know when I when I first started, I would negotiate prices because I was like, ah oh, man, I really want to get more photos and like have have this kind of like experience and exposure with clients and whatever. I heard this analogy like a while back in my photography it was like you know if people want like mcdonald's they'll they'll go to mcdonald's and if people want hanabi ramen they will go to hanabi ramen whatever you know if, hanabi ramen sponsor us sponsor us <laughs> literally we all eat ramen while we're on the show together that'd be great <laughs> right and so the clients that you want will come to you eventually um <laughs> just pass that on the end just like a little like asterisk mark eventually <laughs> yeah exactly it's true though it can be a slow and painful process but yeah it'll happen i mean working hard enough yeah and that's how i feel all the time it's like you get one win and then it's just like yes it's like i got this one win and then yeah. like a couple months go by and you're like can i get another please like that, yeah. that was not enough <laughs> couple months, few rejections, few ghosts from like <laughs> telling the clients, here's my rates, you know, but you got to keep pushing. Yeah. Like well, pushing, you know? And I love how it's like that quote that's, what is the quote? It goes, you know, you can never get a yes if you never ask. And so it's like, you might get a million rejections or what I like to call is feedback. Um, you might get a million, but the one time somebody says yes, that could be your moment. You know, it's kind of like kids on TikTok these days. It's like that one TikTok and just like set you viral. <laughs> yep. So, what about you, Chris? What has helped you grow in your career? How have you grown in your career? Kind of what Kevin was saying, like just trying to learn as much as possible and like you know, uh, learn my value and be strong about it because that is definitely a part of growing because you can't like, you know, go from $30 an hour as a amateur photographer to, you know, $10,000 for a huge project if you don't say that you're worth that. So, mm -hmm. and you, Jules, have taught me that a lot. And Creator Jules. <clears throat> Oh, and Creator Jules has taught me that a lot. And <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely, that's definitely important. But, you know, that and being willing to learn, being willing to work with pretty much anyone, you know, I've never turned anyone away, like, for, like, I don't, I don't care what anyone looks like, you know, whatever, I'm not, like, uh, discriminatory so I think that helps you grow because then you get a lot of different 
client perspectives. You see what a lot of different people want and you learn like what you like, how you like to do everything is not how everyone likes to do everything, especially when you work with teams, when you collaborate on, you know, editorials and photo shoots and projects and stuff like that. Like you, you learn a lot about working with other people, you know, producing a, you know, high quality product and putting together projects and stuff like that. So I've definitely learned a lot in business and creative direction, production, um, and yeah, the industry just through doing new things. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good answer because I think both of you have very interesting worldviews that in some ways match up, but in some ways are very different. And so I think it's going to be really interesting for our listeners to say like, oh yeah, I totally resonate with that. Or, oh yeah, I totally resonate with what Kevin said. So I think it's great that we have these like varying perspectives. Um, with that being said, how did y'all grow artistically through your personal life? Because we're so inspired by what happens in our lives and how we're growing as people. So you know, you said you started as your freshman year of college, both of you did. So what has changed from then to now and how has it affected your artwork? Um, yeah, I'll go, I'll go ahead and continue. So with that, I've drawn a lot of inspiration and motivation from um, like mental health awareness, which is reflected in some of my work, but um, I've since I started doing photography and modeling, makeup, you know, all that stuff, it has motivated me like nothing else ever has. And it's just through that feeling and being willing to, you know, do newer and bigger things like, and take my past experiences, whether it's like, you know, scenes that I see in my head or, you know, flashbacks or, how I've felt in the past and wanting to put that into a relatable picture or, you know, try to make a statement, whatever it is. I think when you use like intention with your art, instead of just, even though I like to go with the flow sometimes, like having a purpose behind it has definitely helped me grow as an artist because it like, it just gives me purpose and it gives me like direction. Um, then I know that it resonates with people because it's relatable and it might, you know, connect with someone on a deeper art level. Love that. How about yourself, Kevin? When, when I first started college, I, I went to like a community college in Fort Worth called TCC, Derrick County College. You know, I started off as like wanting to be a computer science major. And I was like, you know, this, this is what I'm going to do to make my parents happy, whatever. When I did that, I was like, ah, I don't think I'm going to be like too happy about this. So I changed it without telling my parents. And I, I started to look for schools with like, with an artistic atmosphere, uh, you could say. And so I looked at schools like Syracuse and UT Dallas had a, had like a growing art you know like art program so I was like okay let me look at that and I had just applied to UNT just like you know here's like plan B like I don't want to go to UNT that's so interesting <laughs> UNT is such a creative school exactly. but I would assume that you would pick UNT exactly the reason I didn't like UNT was because of the colors as, as, <laughs> as 
like, like green. it's not an artistic school if the colors are green and black. <laughs> terrible color schemes. But um, I went to a, a meetup. A, a lot of my friends that I, a lot of the friends that I made during that meetup were either at UNT or, you know, about to transfer to UNT. And I was like, you know what? Let me just go to UNT. And so I did a school tour and I was like, oh, wow, this is actually a very, very good school that I would want to go to. And so, you know, I, I accepted my invitation and everything. And I went there and it took me about like a month to make a few friends. And uh, during that, I would only make, I only made friends who were in the creative scene. So like, you know, musicians or you know, videography and photography. And I feel like that really influenced me and and uh, like my artistic endeavors. And I, because I was, because I was surrounded with so many artistic people, I was more inclined to, you know, be more artistic myself. And, um, you know, you know, when you surround yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You that, are the average of the five people you hang out with most kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, during that really like it inspired me it encouraged me also also going out to events and stuff like and talking to people and yeah I feel like I I grew um I I grew in my personal life in my personal creative life more than I would have if I went to like UTD or anywhere else right gotcha so Kevin you would say that probably being able to put yourself out there, making a you know a difficult situ- uh, a difficult decision to, I mean, basically switch up the entire direction of your life, and uh, just being bold enough to make that decision was a good thing for you. And then finding a creative community helped you grow as not only uh, a creative professionally but also just as an individual to explore that. Exactly. Well, and that's the other thing I like. You brought up an interesting point. Honestly, you brought up my timeline, so I'm thinking about the time in the Dallas DFW community when we would all go to these meetups like meetups were a big deal like there'd be like a meetup every single month wasn't there at one point every weekend at one point yeah I remember that and I probably got into the DFW creative community a lot more after I graduated college but when I was in college I had went to like a couple DTX street ones where DTX street was like a really big deal out Mm -hmm. here Um, and I think it's really interesting what I like to say is like you know, that whole era kind of like came to an end almost. Not that there aren't people still doing meetups and stuff, but it definitely came to the end. And then a lot of us either were trying to figure out how to make it like our full-time jobs. And we kind of all like went into our own little caves to try to figure that out and started hanging out with like different people in the community. And then I feel like now more than ever, there's a lot of people coming back to the table saying like, hey, like this is what I've learned. Like there's been more of an exchange of knowledge lately. Mm-hmm. And like people are just coming back around to the idea, especially now, like there's not a lot that we can do, you know, to make a lot of money as creatives right now. I mean, there is a million things we can do, but to stay in the same vein of like photography, it's a lot different. And we were about to come on one of the busiest seasons for photographers, which is events. So it's really interesting to see, you know, creatives coming together at this time and kind of like sharing knowledge, dropping new knowledge and just trying to be there for each other. but yeah, I just think it's really interesting how like history kind of cycles itself. Absolutely. 
All right, guys, I'd like to ask you, what are your top three tips as creative freelancers, maybe other creative freelancers or other people that are in your current journey? For me, it's me, Chris. Um, definitely, I think number one, honestly, is, and it's the hardest for a lot of creatives because a lot of us are introverted. Yes, us, but um, networking is one of the best things that you can do for yourself and your business if you want to take it that far um just in-person networking social networking is a big part of it instagram's a big part of it um genuine support of other people and their artistic journeys you know so like you see someone like creator jewels who hosts events and provides you know creatives advice and you know insight all the time you you know, continuously support her because you know that she will give back because that's how the cycle works, especially with creatives. We we all want to give back. And then for the, that was one. And then for the second one, <laughs> definitely don't be afraid to learn. Um, if you ever get to the point where you think that you know everything about everything or everything about photography, or you're the best photographer in the world, or everyone else sucks, like, you've gone the wrong direction <laughs> uh, come come back a little bit um <laughs> she said check yourself before you'll wreck yourself yeah because everyone has a different creative and artistic vision and I mean what they want to do with their life it's different for everyone so just just please try not to get to that point because it won't serve you well it'll serve you better if you're willing to learn new skills like if you've if you've mastered Photoshop, it's amazing. Like try something else. Like if you really think you're a master, like you gotta you gotta do something else to occupy yourself, you know? So just keep learning new things. And then the third one I'd say is don't overextend yourself, which I think from personal experience, which I mean, I don't think anyone's really except the medical workers. I don't think anyone else is overextending themselves right now. Um, creative wise, it's kind of hard to overextend ourselves, except like, unless we're sleeping, you know, so I'm overextending my sleeping schedule basically, but, <laughs> but yeah, just like take it easy, you know, be kind to yourself because as creatives, we are our own worst critics, especially just as creatives, we're naturally, you know, competitive also. So just try to, you know, focus on yourself and what you need to do to live your best life, be happy. That's the goal. It's very important. Don't let anyone tell you it isn't. Hmm. And just, yeah, just be nice to yourself. Love that. Kevin? All right. So to kind of piggyback off of what Chris said about learning, um, yeah, definitely learning new things about your craft is, is very important. Something I try to do, you know, whether it could, it could even be just like learning about yourself and uh, trying to learn like what you like and what kind of person you are and uh, how you can put that into your, your craft. Learning is very important and it's something that I, I feel like is essential to keep growing as a photographer. Uh, the second thing I would say is put a lot of thought and time into your work and you will definitely see benefits, uh, you know, could be like mental and or, you know, like from other people who appreciate your work because, you know, they see that you put time and thought into it 
Um, and then the last thing is just be firm, keep persevering and also be firm with, with, with clients too. You know, if, if you're offering like, Hey, these are my rates. And they're like, ah, that's a little too expensive for me. And then, you know, just move you're on. like, I'm expensive. I'm expensive. <laughs> exactly. And you're hiring me because you like what you see. If this is this correct. Is correct. Be firm and know your worth. Exactly. Know your I'm worth. I'm going to take that little piece of audio and use it as the uh, promotion for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know your worth. Uh, because, you know, if you essentially, if you like, you know, if you just let people take advantage of you, it's just going to become a cycle of just like, oh, okay, I mean, we can do whatever. I don't know. Um, yeah, I could yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, in two ways, like with word of mouth, get around that you can be taken advantage of, and then you'll start being used to being taken advantage of, and that's just a slippery yeah. slope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, I think that's the end of our podcast today. Um, I am going to plug a couple of things, but I, before I do, I'd love to give you all the opportunity to plug yourselves. Kevin, what do you got to tell the people? What should they be doing to know more about Kevin? Uh, well, so if you want to know more about me, you know, check out my website. And if you like what you see, you know, hire me. What is your <laughs> website? What is your website for the people? Website. My website is kevin fides that's kevin f-i-d-e-s at no dot com <laughs> kevin fides uh, yeah, <laughs> um another thing is i'm going to be having a one-on-one -on -one session available for anyone who wants to learn um tips and tricks about color grading in, in lightroom and stuff like that because you know i know so much about color grading in my room you know awesome i'd love to share with you if, you, if you're willing to pay me you know <laughs> yeah but yeah that's that's what i i've got going on right now what about you chris follow me on instagram <laughs> um, my personal slash model instagram and i didn't talk about it very much but i do that um is lunar chris l-u-n-a-r-k-r is and my websites and links and articles and stuff are in the link in the bio um yeah lunadon creative is my photography page and yeah i'll be doing events again hopefully when the world <laughs> resumes to normal and good, i'll be good. working with how to be social Woo. helping creatives get them jobs that's what we like to hear. Before Alex and I sign off today, I'm gonna tell y'all three things that you should know. One, we have a free ebook called From Starving Artist to Creative Entrepreneur. If you like some of the advice that you heard today, but you wanna get more into the nitty gritty of the business details, that's the book for you. Make sure you go to howtobesocial.com to get it for free today. You also should, while you're there, check out our merch and how to be social packages. It's really, really cool. We've got some really great things up there. If you're a first timer trying to build a website, or if you just need a coffee mug for your coffee in the mornings, we've got those too. So make sure to head on over to happysocial.com. Check those out. They're the, they're the cutest you'll ever see. They're, they truly are. They're speckable mugs. They say stay social, which is what I'm about to tell you. Alex, you want to tell the people? Stay social. Stay social. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thank and we you. hope that you have a great rest of your quarantine. You as well. Thank Bye. you very much. Have a good one, y'all.
<laughs> you as well. Bye.